Good morning, sports fans. This is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. And guys, I apologize. I have not been regular with these posts. School has just started back up for me, so my attention has been elsewhere, namely getting homework assignments done and then spending what little energy I have left uh, just spending time with family. So without further ado, let's get into today's sporting news. Yesterday in the NBA, the 76ers defeated the Bulls 115-101 to improve to 23-21 on the season. The Bulls fall to 18-30. Ben Simmons had an amazing performance in the game, tallying a triple-double with 19 points, 17 rebounds, and 14 assists. The fact that he's just a rookie and putting up these kind of numbers, it's scary to think about what he's going to be doing later in his career. On the other side, the Bulls forward Bobby Portis tallied 22 points and 11 rebounds in the losing effort. The Pelicans defeated the Hornets 101-96. DeMarcus Cousins had another solid night with 16 points and 13 rebounds. Anthony Davis added 19 points and 6 rebounds of his own. The Pelicans improved to 26-21 on the season, good for the 6th seed in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, the Hornets continue to struggle with a 19-27 record, although they are 6-4 in their last 10. And Michael Jordan has rebuffed any trade rumors about Kemba Walker, and he remains adamant that Charlotte won't trade Kemba unless they receive an all-star player in return. In other news, five Raptors players scored in double digits as they defeated the Atlanta Hawks last night 108-93, improving to 32-14 on the season. Good for the two-seed in the Eastern Conference. They are doing this in a very quiet manner, almost Spurs-like, if you will. Houston defeated Dallas again last night, 104-97. Again, in a team effort where five Rockets players scored in double digits. Two players who played especially well were Trevor Ariza, who is normally known for his defense, and James Harden. Uh, Trevor Ariza had 23 points, and Harden with 25. Uh, the two players combined for 48 points in the win. Houston, as a result, improves to 32, or excuse me, 34 and 12 on the season, and sit behind the Golden State Warriors for the two seed. The Boston Celtics snapped their losing streak last night against the LA Clippers with a 113 to 102 win, improving to 35 and 14 on the season. Kyrie Irving had a spectacular night with 20 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. Meanwhile, Jason Tatum added 18 points of his own. As far as today's NBA schedule, we look ahead. Uh, there's a lot of star power involved as the Oklahoma City Thunder host uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal's Wizards. Both teams have had up and down seasons, and they both have very similar records. The Thunder sit at the fifth seed in the Western Conference with a 27 and 20 record, while the uh, uh, Washington Wizards sit at 26 and 21, also the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. So we've got a good game out there in Oklahoma City. And then the last game of the day it features the Golden State Warriors at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves guard Jimmy Butler is questionable tonight with a sore right knee. He's missed the last three games because of it. Also questionable for the Wolves, uh, Jamal Crawford, as he nurses a sore toe. And that game features a lot of star power, as I already mentioned. You got the big four, essentially, if you include Draymond Green for the Warriors. And then on the Timberwolves side, Carl Anthony Towns, who has been named an all-star for the first time in his career. Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins 
uh, on the Timberwolves just also have a very strong supporting cast on their team as well. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top in that one. It's hard to bet against the Warriors, but I look for the Timberwolves to give them a good game. As far as the Thunder and Wizards, I've got the Oklahoma City Thunder at home pulling this one out. The Wizards, they've just struggled defensively on the other end, and I think that the uh, Thunder's athleticism is going to be a problem for the Wizards' front court as they try to manage it. That's it for NBA news today and the NBA schedule. Let's move on. Moving on to the non-professional side of basketball, college basketball, the top 25 schedule for today. Number 25, Michigan, is at third-ranked Purdue today. Purdue has won 15 straight with a 19-2 overall record. Michigan's going to give them a tough run for their money today. Many point out that Purdue plays in a weaker Big Ten conference this year. Iowa is down. Wisconsin is having a bad year. So many question that. Purdue's legitimacy to a third overall ranking. I guess we're going to see today because Michigan was a tournament team last year. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, Penn State at 13th ranked Ohio State. Ohio State has been very under the radar this year. They they don't really have the marquee wins that some of these other top teams have, but they still sit at 13th in the country and are taking care of business. They hope to continue that trend today against a Penn State team who has struggled basically as long as I can remember. Uh, UCF, the Golden Knights, are at 17th ranked Wichita State, a very tough place to play. Wichita State uh, took a tough loss recently in, uh, in their schedule. Let me look that up while I'm at it. But Wichita State still is a team to be reckoned with. State. Wichita State... Bear with me, guys. Houston, that's who they lost to. And SMU, the game before that. Goodness. Uh, overall, they've had a great season. You know, they sit at 15-4, and four, so they're not, it's certainly nothing to sneeze at. They actually sit behind Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Cincinnati uh, has an 18-2 and overall record, as well, along with an 11-game winning streak. Let's take a look at Cincinnati. They're ranked ninth in the country, so the American Conference has some talent there. Uh, Houston as well. Uh, that Houston's not ranked, but then there's also another big name like uh, Connecticut, Temple, etc. So there's some good teams in this conference. And uh, again, Wichita State today hopes to get back on track. They currently have that two-game losing streak against UCF. I don't see them having really any problems with that. Uh, as far as another top 25 matchup, you've got the Utah Utes at Arizona State. Utah has had a solid season, but Arizona State is a team that I'm not sure I can figure out. Since starting 12-0, Arizona State has gone 3-4, and and early on they beat teams like Xavier and Kansas. So those are some pretty good marquee wins because Xavier is currently ranked 8th in the country. Kansas is still a top 25 team. But since, again, they've lost some games where they were just head scratchers. They lost to Colorado, although give credit where credit is due. Colorado has also beaten their cross-state rival Arizona, who's a fantastic team. So 
Uh, Arizona State hopes to get back on track today against the Utes, but the Utes are no slouches. They've got an athletic team, and they're going to give Arizona State all they can handle. Uh, speaking of their crosstown rivals, the Arizona Wildcats take on Arizona, and Arizona's starting to pick up some steam. They, their wins haven't been very impressive or landslide victories, but they are putting a streak together, if I remember correctly. Let's take a look at Arizona's schedule. Arizona currently ranked 11th in the country, and they pretty soon will take on my Washington State Cougs. I'm not excited about that one. Let's see here. So Arizona just beat Stanford, 73-71. Stanford's not that great of an opponent. Uh, they beat Oregon close. Uh, beat Oregon State in a pretty tough game. And again, they lost to Colorado most recently. However, they are on a four-game winning streak. Uh, they are 16-4 and four currently. USC just behind them in the Pac-12 conference with a 16-6 and six record and a five-game winning streak along with a 7-2 and two conference record. So uh, Pac-12 is heating up a little bit. And USC is hope, certainly hoping to climb back into top 25 ranking as they started the season at number 10. Uh, my manager's favorite team, Gonzaga, at Portland today. Gonzaga needs to get out of that weak conference. And then uh, elsewhere in the WCC at BYU is at 16th-ranked St. Mary's. And that's college basketball for today. Let's move on to the NFL. And in the NFL, it's not Super Bowl news that we're discussing today, but Super Bowl ad. Uh, the NFL has rejected a military veterans group, Please Stand Super Bowl ad, and they're accusing, the, the veterans group is accusing the National Football League of basically being hypocritical. Um, let's see. Uh, they're accusing the National Football League of censorship for not accepting its advertisement for the Super Bowl. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. But after a season of free speech on full display and a year after politically charged Super Bowl ads, the decision has, uh, has some change or charging the league with hypocrisy. American veterans wanted to run the ad in, uh, in the game commemorative program with a message aimed at those protesting the national anthem, Please Stand. Marion Polk, the American veteran's national commander, called the decision reprehensible and totally beyond the pale, end quote, in a letter to the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. The NFL rejected the initial ad uh, and instead asked the organization to consider other options for its message, such as please honor our veterans and please stand for our veterans, according to NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy. McCarthy said the organization never responded before the program went to print. We decided that we were not going to change our ad. We placed it as please stand, and under the First Amendment, we have the right to do that, Polk uh, told Fox News. Uh, to be fair, the NFL has rights to run you know, whatever they want. They are a business. However, I do understand where, uh, where this advocacy group is coming from as far as what it looks like. The NFL did include an ad from the veterans of foreign wars with a message of we stand for veterans. Last year's Super Bowl attracted attention outside of the typical spectacle for commercials that highlighted political issues, particularly ones that were perceived as anti-Trump. Budweiser ran a con controversial commercial featuring a sympathetic or 
a, a sympathetic immigrant story just days after president announced it or after the president announced his travel ban and an 84 lumber ad depicting a mother and daughter attempting to cross the u.s border quickly became one of the most polarizing and talked about moments of the night the ad ran in full on the company's website after fox deemed it too political women for trump called the nfl hypocrites for its decision on the american veterans ad after learning about the organization's plans to publicize social justice issues that are important to players while not focusing on the ad that uh, this advocacy group wanted to run so this is a loaded issue and uh, I understand the NFL because it is a business. It has its rights. It is it is the right of the NFL to not run this ad because this is an NFL, you know, performance that they're putting on with the Super Bowl, and they have the right to say no, yes, and no to certain ads that want to be run. That being said, when the NFL is in full support of the players protesting the national anthem. Um, yet at the same time claim we want to respect veterans and we want to show them honor and that this protest is not about that, then why can't the veterans run this if it's, you know, if it's no big deal? If this, this protest isn't even about them, why can't they run it? It is freedom of speech. You're allowing the players to have that freedom of speech, yet shutting out anyone else who might disagree with them. That looks a little bit weak to me. So, in the end, um, it, again, this is the NFL's decision. It just looks pretty weak from the outside standpoint, especially when they're in full support of something that might be offensive to certain people. I get it. You want to support your employees, the players. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when, when somebody is coming in with a different viewpoint, you're not going to maybe hear them out or give them that same freedom of speech as you are your employees. I just don't see that working in different situations. Say Big Five, when I worked there, protected my right to talk rude to customers, yet when customers would come back at me, Big Five would say, no, 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 that's not allowed. Only, Only we're allowed to be rude. Only we can do that. We have a jeopardy on this, or we, we have a monopoly on this in the store. Sorry. That just doesn't make sense to me. That's the NFL headline I saw today. Let's move on to the college football world. I know I'm a little late to the party on this one uh, in sad news in the college football world, but uh, we I'm sure you all have heard about the Tyler Holinsky story up, at, up here at Washington State, not 30 miles from where I live, uh, where he... Uh, he was, you know, set to be the starting quarterback for Washington State University next year, and he took his own life not but a week or a week and a half ago. Um, it, details about the suicide have come out, and this is directly from the Pullman Police Department. Investigation by Pullman Police Department detectives revealed that Helensky was last seen in the morning on January 16th at about 8.45 a.m. when he dropped off a teammate uh, at Washington State University for class. When Holinsky did not show up for a football team weightlifting session around 2 o'clock, coaches attempted uh, unsuccessfully to reach him by phone. The Pullman Police Department received a request for the welfare check on Holinsky at his apartment at 4. 
Officers initially responded to an apartment complex on B Street in Pullman, where he was believed to be living, but were redirected to Aspen Village Apartments when his correct address was identified. Just prior to the arrival of the Pullman officers, two teammates looking for Holinsky forced their way into the apartment. Uh, when they did not re receive an answer at the door, uh, they unfortunately discovered the deceased just as Pullman officers arrived on scene. The weapon used was a two twenty three caliber rifle belonging to a former Washington State University football teammate. It appears Holinsky took the rifle without the teammate's knowledge on or before Friday, January 12th. State law restricts the release of the suicide note details to family members or anyone for that matter, thankfully. Uh, the investigation did not reveal any particular motive for suicide. The investigation will remain open pending toxology results from the state crime lab. Um, just a tough situation for, you know, as a huge fan of Washington State football my whole life now. This, I obviously didn't know the guy or didn't, I didn't know any of his teammates for that matter, but it felt like, you know, a gut punch when you heard that news just because I saw him, you know, I saw him play, I saw him play live, um, and it's just weird knowing that that guy or this player, this human being is not going to be a part of the program and the community going forward. Um, just really a sad situation, not only for the, his family, but teammates, coaching staff, and for those who have been around, you know, depression it and situations like this. Um, I've heard many say that it, it makes you wonder, you know, what what could have I have done differently? Maybe the coaching staff thinks maybe I was too hard on him. Maybe I shouldn't have, you know, worked him so hard during practice or yelled at him so much. Maybe his teammates think, what could I have said differently? What could I have, how could I not have noticed any depression issues? And you start blaming yourself. Everyone starts blaming themselves. And I'm I'm sure the family just feels just broken up about this. Um, again, just a, a horrible situation. Um, Luke Falk, the former WSU quarterback, and who's at one point considered for Heisman Trophy, is currently wearing his number three number at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Falk was quoted as saying, it just felt like I, it was the right thing to do. Um, just, again, a, just a sad situation for the WSU community, really the whole college football world. And those, and just, you know, the humanity aspect of it, this this sheds a light on college depression because there, there are some scary statistics that came out about this, about, you know, I think every year at close to 100 college students take their lives just from the stress, the the expectations, the financial situation, all of it coming together, and you're just a young kid. You know the decision making is not where it should be. Sometimes, as a current college student, I can relate, and it's just an unfortunate situation. But hopefully, some good comes of this. One thing's for sure: I hope to be at the first game next season just to see the ceremony that precedes it. And uh, it's good. hopefully it will be a, a good thing to see.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. If you liked what you heard, please hit the star on my channel to favorite my channel. And if you'd like to listen to me on other outlets, you can find me on Google Play Music or iTunes. Garrison Talk Sports. You can also find me on Facebook. Once again, Garrison Talk Sports. And last but not least, I also have started trying my hand at sports blogging. I'm still working on improving, but if you'd like to read what I've written, head head on over to garrishardy.wixsite.com. That's the blog entry right there. I'll see you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day, and I will try to be more regular with episodes here in the near future.